At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I was able to catch up to the Sussex pretty quick. You know, my car was a lot quicker than his, and I started gaining on the car. I'm going in for the pit, and then all of a sudden, uh, it was like a Chevy pickup truck. He has that back window where, where it slides open in the, in the center. That window was already open, and I just remember him, like he was driving with his left hand, he was turning around, he was looking at me, like sticking the, the handgun out of that little window. And uh, instead of like just firing randomly, like he was actually like following me, he was tracking me, like, and then I can see him like stopping. I was like, oh fuck man, like this guy, this guy knows his shit if he's like taking his time to aim at me and everything, he's not just you know shooting randomly like you see like on TV yeah. or whatever, like most videos you see. I've known about this incident that I'm going to talk about in today's episode since right after it happened. I knew the story needed to be told some more. I just couldn't figure out a way to put this out. I've had a few problems with it for a number of reasons. With what happened, that's the biggest one. It's simply one of the hardest things I've witnessed on video ever. And that leads into another reason. This is all on video. This is another episode where there will be no 911 call. We'll hear some police radio traffic, but no call. Some of the background circumstances of this, that all makes me pretty damn sick too. Luckily, over the past few months, more and more info has been put out about this, and it should be enough to paint a good picture about what happened. Like I said, this is a story that needs to be told. It needs to be known as widely as possible. Dispatchers need to hear this, so hopefully, if they encounter something like this, they will at least have some sort of idea of what's happening and how to deal with it. Officers, you need to know about it for your own safety. And the public, you need to know about it so you know that officers are constantly in danger, even when they don't know it exactly and also that evil true evil does exist in the world well let's get to it Near mile marker 102 on I-10, just east of Deming, New Mexico, on February 4th, 2021, Officer Darian Jarrett pulls over a white Chevy pickup truck. The man inside driving the truck was one Omar Felix Cueva. Various officers were notified to be on lookout and alert for this vehicle and the subject inside, and if encountered, asked to pull him over. There are some more details about this, but I'll get into that later on. 
I'm going to play some audio from the officer's camera. The audio on this end is a bit bad. The person inside the truck can barely be heard, so during this clip, I'll try and explain what's happening, and I'll also repeat what the suspect in this is saying to make it a little bit more audible. Though some of the audio, even from him, it was undetectable. They didn't know what he was saying. Chevy pickup, one aboard. Can't tell what state the temp tags out of. The officer is approaching the vehicle on the passenger side of the truck. They're on the side of I 10 right now. Knocking on his window. Afternoon, sir. My name is Darren Jarrett. I'm with New Mexico State Police. The reason for the stop is your window tint's a little too dark. Yeah. Do you mind if I open the door? Or if you want to roll down the window more? Is it dark? Yeah. I noticed you got temp tags. You got a registration for the vehicle? Yes, sir. I'll need registration and driver's license as well. Do you have insurance for the vehicle? Yeah. Where is it? It's your wallet. Do me a favor. Uh, come with me to my vehicle. That way I can run your name and date of birth, and then that way I can get my return, okay? Go ahead. Shut the vehicle off. If you want. It's up to you. Why well, I know. That'll work. Grab the phone and come with me to my vehicle so I can get the return and then I can make sure that everything's good. Okay. What was your name? Omar Cueva. Omar Cueva? Yes, sir. Mr. Cueva. it there the officer still on the passenger side of the truck the suspect in this has rolled down his window on the passenger side it looked like it was a manual window so he was actually rolling it down and it looks like the officer he's trying to stall the suspect out a little bit he is trying to get him to come out of the car and he's also looking in the whole time trying to see what's going on inside the vehicle Yeah. Yeah. 
while she's sending the pic, let's go so that I can run my jacks on you. Suspect was saying that he is actually getting his wife or girlfriend, I believe it might have been his wife actually, to send his insurance information via a picture. Yeah, so I can run my checks and I can talk to you a little bit while I'm running my checks and then you'll show me the picture right away because I got paperwork I got to do, you know? Hey, hey, real quick, real quick. You have a firearm on you? Yeah. No, no, I see. You mind if I... So I'm going to stop it right there again. The suspect in this, he's opened up his driver's side door as he's moving out the officer does see a firearm on his side. So he stops him. He says, Hey, if you got a firearm on you and he says, yeah, I do. And then the, the officer at that point says, well, let me come take it off of you. Take it off you for my safety. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Let's go to my vehicle. Okay. Come on. Oh, shit. What you just heard was the officer getting shot. The suspect in this got out of his vehicle. He had an AR-15 style rifle on him and from across the truck bed started shooting at the officer. He shot him multiple times. The suspect went around the back of the truck while the officer was already down on the ground, shot him a couple more times and then walked up to him and at point blank range, put the barrel next to his head and pulled the trigger again. He then ran back around his truck, got into it, started it back up, and then sped away. Just a very few seconds after that, an HSI officer, which is Homeland Security, he runs up to the scene and finds the officer on the side of the road. Fuck. 
police officer was just shot. I'm uh, with Border Patrol. Uh, In the head. He's dead. Shot in the head. Yeah, state police. Uh, we're just west of the Aquila exit on I-10. Uh, it, it's a New Mexico state police vehicle. An unmarked law enforcement vehicle. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I just walked up. I'm flipping him over now. I'm an I'm EMT. Can, can, yeah, can you get life flight here? Life flight here ASAP, please. Okay, thank you. Bye. In that short span, the officer was shot 11 times. He was hit in the side of the chest, the back, the shoulders, his neck, and his head. The call was put out over the radio. All agencies in the area were notified. Officer down. Actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sir. 10 so Tom, K95. K94 did 12-5-1, give you a 21 in reference to 49. He's not answering on the D12 radio. Negative, I'll give you a 21. 10-4. K95, SOCOM. SOCOM, K95461. K95461, I did get 49 officer down in that area, 12-5-1. If I can get you around 33. 10-4, uh, according to issue size, suspect is going to be coming uh, eastbound, so we're going to stand by around this area, 10-4. Do you have a second unit on that uh, traffic stuff or 12 we'll be in route. 10-4, we'll be in route. Should be a white pickup truck, Chevy, single cab, long bed, 10-4. Cool, leave the scene headed towards D4. 
According to Ishizaki, uh, is coming towards uh, D4 and 4. Should be a white pickup truck, long bed, single cab. 10 4 copy, SOCOM 421. 10 4, if I can get you out to I 10, about the 113, a reference to officer down a white pickup truck left the scene with a long bed. Reference to officer down in D12. On direct, sir. What's uh, 1020 again? It was last known I 10 at the 103. I 10 at the 103. 457, so. 457, what? What was that, 49? Emperor, I'll be in the I 10 area. Multiple units calling 430. What's the 49? Hey. Hey, yes, sir. What do you want to strike him? Um, did he shoot at him? Yeah, officer, he's down, bro. You want to double check the officer? No, let's. No, let no let let's stop this guy, man. We gotta stop him. Okay. Let's right. just let's just shoot let, let's shoot at him. Let's shoot through his windshield. What's up, bro? We we gotta shoot through his windshield. Spiky's not gonna do nothing, bro. Yeah. We gotta stop him. Let's we can park, bro. Let's we can park somewhere here too. All right. Let, let's find him first. Let's find him. We have to just do whatever we have to do to stop him, bro. You can't let him hurt somebody else. You there? Hello? Passing 88, heading east still. That's the last word. Passing 88, heading eastbound. Okay, brother. We're gonna, yeah. hey, we're gonna wait yeah. over here. Just make sure that the officer is okay, bro. Okay, yeah. Is he okay, the officer? I, I don't know, man. We're, gonna, we're trying to find out right now. Where's the SRT right now? Let me call him. Let me call SRT. Okay. Hello. When thinking about how to deal with this suspect, I'd be right there with that officer saying that we just need to shoot him right through the windshield. Unless he got out of the car with his hands up and the gun on the ground, there would be no chance that I would risk doing anything else with this suspect. At this point, that canine officer spots the suspect. Oh, there's the truck. I see it. Canine fight, so come. Pickup truck is gonna be uh, 112, uh, small marker 112, uh, eastbound 10 four. Okay, bye. The officer was actually going westbound and saw the vehicle going eastbound. They had to cross over the interstate to try to catch up with him. Affirm, he's going to be at the 112 eastbound right now, 10 4. We're trying to turn around to go after it. 10 4, are there any units following it? I have issue on the vehicle. He should be at the 113 right now, eastbound 10 4. Heavy traffic. 10-4, are you in pursuit at this time? SOCOM, K-9. 461, SOCOM. 
Officer still trying to catch up with him. Can I find some contacts in the 114? Uh, I don't have issue at this time, but he can't be too far too far. Can I five so can work? I'm going 120 miles per hour. Traffic is medium to four. He's gonna be traveling on the slow lane. We're approaching mile marker 115 right now. 116 to 4. He's slowing down. At this point, the suspect's actually shooting at the officers. this point the suspect had pulled over to the right shoulder right at an exit ramp he exited his vehicle and was using his own door as a brace to shoot at the officers there were two officers there both of them armed with ar-15s they returned fire the audio you heard was from the first officer here's the second one Unsure if he was hit, the suspect jumps back into the truck, takes off again, leading officers on a lengthy pursuit. After other agencies also get involved, further up the road, even more neighboring agencies lend a hand. A few deputies from the Donya Anna County Sheriff's Department were set up in the median, ready to spike strip the suspect as he drove by. All the while, the suspect is firing from his vehicle at the officers pursuing him. Hearing this, those deputies in the median quickly decide to change their tactics. Jason, you got a rifle? You got a rifle? Okay. You want to set up? Okay. Use yeah, okay. You need to get up. He's on his shoulder. He's on his shoulder. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Right here. 
don't know if I can hum it from here. Get it. They just shot at us right before the motel exit. Motel? What? While standing there in the median of the interstate holding the spike strips, those deputies figured real quick that they weren't in a good position to spike him. So the one holding the spike strips, after hearing the more shots fired as the suspect was about to drive by, literally said, fuck this, drops his spike strips and starts taking shots along with some of the other officers at the suspect in his vehicle as he drives by. I feel like if I was there in that position, I probably would have done the same thing. The pursuit continues a few miles further and Las Cruces police officer Adrian De La Garza joins the pursuit. Up until this point, it looked like most of the police cars were SUVs. Officer De La Garza is in an actual car, a Chevy Camaro, which overall is much faster than the SUVs. This audio is when he jumps in the pursuit and actually jumps in the lead. I have five shifts set up. If you could give me another unit, I could, I could utilize them. Uh, Sorry, I'm still uh, at the tail end. I'm not. I'm not actually in it yet. Correct. Uh, Seven forty-one and six times six. And that's where we'll hold for uh, PD units. We can get somebody. Somebody to seven one two, please. Seven ninety-six. Can start that one with you. All right, he just passed the uh, red stop. He's coming down. Pass the red stop. What's the description of the vehicle? Take a right uh, pickup. He's on a 10-4 prepare. Right behind him. Oh, shit. He's shooting at me. Oh, shit. Oh fuck. We're approaching the river, sorry, we're approaching the river on I-10. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. He's shooting at my vehicle, shooting at my vehicle. I can't get him for being shooting me too much. I find that we're shooting because they're close to the road. They're close to the road. Advise everybody here. I'm coming up on you, Joaquin. I'm backing off so you can set a spike trips. We can pass clear on spike trips, so I don't need them to see them. Alright, we're passing the motel exit now, guys. We're gonna pass the motel exit now. Love you, boss. We got three units, but I don't need them to see them. Ready to play spike trips. He's on the median, he's on the median, he's passing on the right. Have them before, please. Where do I? What are you? He is shooting out of the vehicle. He's still shooting at my unit. Oh. Give us a location. He's coming up to the motel. 
I'm trying to go in for pit again, but I, I got a tire out. So 49, he slumped over. Might be shot, he slumped over. We're getting closer to Albany, to see an exit. Snow eastbound. I can't see him anymore. Right here on Avenida Messia, please get the out. He still slumped over towards the right. We're coming to Avenida Messia. Good morning, got 935 Boston Conway to University. Is he headed in the opposite direction of traffic? That's where this pursuit ends on the side of the road in the middle of a gunfight. I can go into details about what happened, but that officer involved in that last little bit there, I think it'd be better if he told you about it. I was able to catch up to the suspect pretty quick. You know, my car was a lot quicker than his, and I started gaining on the ground, going in for the pit. And then all of a sudden, uh, it was like a Chevy pickup truck. He has that back window where, where it slides open in the, in the center. That window was already open, and I just remember him, like he was driving with his left hand, he was turning around, he was looking at me, like sticking the, the handgun out of that little window. And uh, instead of like just firing randomly, like he was actually like following me, he was tracking me, like, and then I can see him like stopping. I was like, oh fuck, man, like this guy, this guy knows his shit if he's like taking his time to aim at me and everything, he's not just, shooting randomly like you see like on TV yeah. or whatever like most videos you see so I remember just like hitting the brake just, just trying to trick him I would hit the brake and just kind of like jerk my wheel just so that I'm not like going like in the exact same path like, mm -hmm. like every time and as soon as he would fire you know I would, I would move out of the way again he you know, just continued he would uh, stick his, his hand out that little window aim at me and fire some more so I was like fuck you know I gotta hurry up and hit this guy so I waited for him to turn around and like look straight again you know pay attention to the roadway yeah. so I started getting up on them but you know he wouldn't give me the chance he would turn around and start firing and then once we started getting closer to the motel exit I was like you know I can't do it now because there's too many officers I know uh, I remember I don't remember who else was there but I remember Joaquin being there uh, from my department so they, I got to back off I remember getting on the radio and saying hey uh, you know we're, we're approaching you Joaquin and uh, I don't think I hit the brakes or anything I think I just got off on the gas you know just so I can give him time to deploy the, the stop stick and I saw the suspect like pretty much like riding in between both lanes and he ran over the spike strip and uh, I just remember I'm pretty sure I moved to the, the right side of the roadway trying to avoid the spike strip and uh, the suspect you know, fired some more rounds at me and I just remember looking down at my dash and uh, my dash was flashing and it was saying zero PSI like on the left front tire. Okay. So I was like, shit, I got a fucking tire that's blown out. So I just remember like just checking my steering. I'm like, oh, like 
to me, my car felt good. It didn't feel like it was damaged or built a tire or maybe the, the dash is fucked up or something. That, he ran over the spike strips. As soon as he passed, you know, that, that's when I saw my, my light flashing, but then I just heard a shitload of gunshots. I just heard pop, 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 pop. And I saw there was a bunch of officers on, on the left side. I don't know if it was uh, state police or gas, but I heard a bunch of gunshots. And I heard like a real like distinct sound, like like it was hitting something. So like, oh, man, I think that thing they got him. And it sounded like my car got hit too as soon as I passed. Like I, I remember hearing like two different sounds. It sounded different than the ones that were hitting him. And uh, that's when I saw him slumped over. I was like, oh, thank God, this guy got fucking hit or whatever. So I got on the radio, started telling you know, people on the radio that uh, that he was slumped over. But then I realized that, you know, he's still like, driving straight. You know, it's, it's not like drifting to one side or anything. I was like, maybe he's not hit. So I was just, just watching and paying attention to see what he's doing. So I told myself, you know, like, it's time going for the pit, but then we were like at, at a curve, and I was like, no, oh, this isn't this isn't a good spot. Mm-hmm. You know, if I do the pit, there's way too much traffic right here. I'm gonna put like too many people in danger or whatever. So I just I hesitated a few more seconds, and as soon as we clear uh, clear up from where all those people were at, I saw him pop back up. He's back to driving. He's not no longer firing at me. So I said, screw it, gunned it, went in for the pit on the. Uh, on the, on the driver's side of the car but since his tires were blown like from what I remember it was like the two rear that were blown I don't know about the front so I knew I told myself you're gonna have to give it a little bit more steering uh, to cause his vehicle to, to lose traction because you know if your suspect vehicle is like on tires it breaks traction pretty easy especially at those speeds the faster you're going the easier the, the pit is so I was like, no, I got to do a little bit more steering. So, um, you know, my car's kind of low. His isn't a pickup truck. I kind of gains it a little bit. I was like, oh, no, my, my car is actually like the right size. You know, I'm not going to go underneath him or anything. So I started going in for the pit. And I did the, like, the quarter steering. And it still wasn't really working. So, like, screw it. This isn't a good uh, isn't a good idea because now me and the suspect are face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Like, if I continue going this way, you know, there's a chance for him like, to start firing at me. So I let off, let him straighten out. And I kind of tricked him. I kind of stayed right there, like if I was gonna go back in for a pit. But then I just I shot off to the right side and I went in for the pit on the uh, on the passenger side. So on that one, I was like, all right, I'm gonna put a little bit more steering into it. And sure enough, the, the truck breaks traction. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And for me, it was like a huge relief. I was like, all right, you know, I'm fucking stopping this guy. You know, it's it's time to get ready. I just remember like telling myself, have your seatbelt off. As soon as the car like slows down, just jump the fuck out and get out of the car. So his vehicle spinning, it's almost coming to a complete stop. And like the way I teach pit in the academy is we're supposed to pass the, the suspect and we're actually supposed to be ahead. But like, there's no way I can do that. Yeah. I'll be like way behind the power curve. Um, you know, but you know, I'll lose like a second or two like passing him. By the time I get out, I got to face the other way. So it's like, no, I got to stay here. So I just remember like jerking the wheel to the right and kind of like getting closer to him, you know, instead of being like so far away. So I just like jumped out, I was like, I, I got the fucking hit on him now. I'm gonna be faster. And then as soon as I put him park, he was already right there. So I was like, what the fuck? I'm supposed to have the hit on this guy or the jump on this guy. But he's got me beat. I'm like, nah, I'm getting the fuck out. Jump out of the car. 
I don't remember like unholstering. I just remember like having my gun, I fire. And I guess that's when I get hit because I just remember. I remember falling. As soon as I fell, man, I was like, man, I'm fucked. I'm on the ground. You know, like, so much I don't give up. I'm already on the ground. I'm just gonna take this fucking shot. I just remember like rolling over to my right side a little bit. My head, my my gun was already out. I think I was leaning or laying on my on my right arm. So I'm just gonna take out his feet. But then I didn't see his feet move anymore because I, I saw him at first, like in front of my car. Mm-hmm. But then like they kind of shifted over to like where my my left front tire is. So I was like, all right, you know, that's a good sign because he's no longer coming at me. So like. I was like, you gotta get the fuck up, man. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like popping up, and as soon as I popped up, I don't know if I was still like kneeling or all the way up, but I can see him. So I just started shooting, and I saw him. It looked like I hit him, cause I just remember him like like crunching down, and then he turned for me, and then he like started running back towards his truck. So all I can see was his head. Uh, like they say, this is the bed of the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. All I saw was like his head, and then all of a sudden he just like dropped. I was like, no, I got to go get him, you know, this is, you know, I got to take the fight to this guy. So I, I kind of just like came around the corner, took my time a little bit. I remember seeing like his legs move and I saw the gun on the ground. I don't remember like if he was holding it, but I just remember seeing the gun. So I just kept firing and that's when uh, my my handgun was already empty. The slide was locked to the rear. I reloaded. And uh, when I reloaded, I was like, all right, you know, like take a deep breath. I, to me, it looked like, you know, he was, like, out of the fight. He wasn't moving or anything anymore. I'm like, all right, this is over with. Take a deep breath, and that, that's when I realized, like, something was wrong. Like, I didn't feel right. Like, everything just felt like it was on fire. Uh, I went to go holster my gun. I just remember, like, my arm wasn't moving. Like, it was moving, but it wasn't doing what it was supposed yeah. to be doing. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't going back. It was only doing, like, this motion. So I was like, I got freaked out. I was like... I gotta get away from everybody. Like, I don't want to be like next to this guy. So I started taking steps back, and I, I tried to go holster my gun again, and I couldn't. I just remember like holding on to it, because I didn't want to drop it, like just in case. I gotta get into like another shooting or something. I don't, I don't know if there was like anybody else in the car. I just remember looking at his like driver uh, seat. I I never checked the, the passenger side, so I, I just kept it here, like just in case I I gotta shoot again. And I'll be ready. You already had it. I already, in my mind, I already told myself, you know, I have a another magazine in there. I tried getting on the police radio, but I don't know if your radio is the same. When we, when we press ours, there's like a little beep, and then you can start talking. Mm-hmm. And I kept pressing it. No beep was coming. Out. I was getting pissed off because I wanted to tell him, you know, I'm injured, and uh, I, I don't think I even had my police radio on to tell the truth. I don't remember turning it on or anything. So I just kept backing up, and then when I turned around, I saw Ramiro come in, and I told him, like, I'm, I'm hit. And that's when he got on the radio and you know, told everybody else. And I actually had to help, uh, ask them for help to put my gun away because I couldn't do it. Start to finish, this whole thing spanned over 30 miles. Every agency in the area had some sort of part in it. The suspect, he started it way back down the road. Officer De La Garza, that you heard there, he finished it with a lot of help from dozens of other officers. As you heard him there, he got in a shootout with a suspect. 
while it was going on. He didn't know it, but he was hit. He kept in the fight, though, and took it to the suspect. He laid down some heavy and accurate fire and flipped this suspect's off switch. The sheer volume of officers there on the scene was incredible. Dozens, if not more than a hundred officers, local, county, state, and even federal, they were all there. Once Officer De La Garza figured out he was hit, he let another officer know as he heard him telling what was happening, and the other officer, along with several others, quickly jumped in to help him out until he could be transported to a hospital. So what in the world? How did all this start, you're probably asking. We've had this suspect pulled over by an officer who said his tent was too dark on his car. He kills that officer in cold blood, then leads other officers in a pursuit, engaging in multiple shootouts along the way, and finally ending up wounding another officer. So what did he do? This is going to take a bit of explaining. Let's go back in the suspect's criminal history some. He started out when he was 13 years old. He was arrested for vandalism. Six years after that, he was arrested and found guilty of being in possession of a controlled substance and then arrested and convicted of the same thing a year later. In 2002, he was convicted of importing 37 pounds of cocaine into the U.S. And then the same thing again in 2004. He had some minor crimes like check fraud and burglary along the way, and then a probation violation. Then in 2010, he was more than once arrested for more drug violations. This time it was crystal meth, several pounds of it. All this led to him getting arrested in 2011 for a charge called using a cell phone to facilitate a drug offense. That combined with his extensive past, and he was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison. That brings us up to around right now. HSI, which is Homeland Security Investigations, received a tip from an informant that Cueva wanted to sell a large amount of narcotics. On January 28th, less than a week before what we just listened to, Cueva met with an undercover agent and sold him about a pound of crystal meth and somewhere around 4,000 fentanyl pills. He was armed with an AK-47 and, according to the report, was acting very paranoid. The undercover agent offered to buy the AK-47 as well, but Cueva declined, saying he needed it for protection. The plan after this initial buy was to arrest him during the next buy when they were asking for even more drugs. The deal they were trying to set up was meant for five pounds of meth. HSI decided to have a canine officer make a stop and an armored vehicle would be close by if needed. Details past that got a bit sketchy and it depends on where you're reading about it, how it actually went down. The be on the lookout, or BOLO, for Cueva was sent out a couple days before. The BOLO did say he was known to carry firearms and had an extensive drug history. They believed his vehicle to be a two-toned, early 2000s Chevy Trailblazer or GMC Envoy. The BOLO also said that officers had to develop their own probable cause for a traffic stop and any search that would happen after that. The sketchy part is 
how it got switched up to the Chevy truck that he was in and how officers knew the suspect would be in that vehicle. There is some debate on what information or what amount of information was passed along right now, or at least the last I heard is that officer Jarrett, the officer who was killed, his widow has filed a lawsuit claiming not enough was relayed to the officer about the situation. Just from how easygoing the officer was with the suspect in the initial audio, I would tend to think that might be right. Also past that, HSI agents were there on the scene with Jarrett around 30 to 45 seconds after the shooting happened. They had positioned themselves about 200 yards away and saw the whole thing go down. I'm not really sure what they were waiting for. I'm not sure if they were trying to keep their own identity secret or the reasoning why they were waiting in the first place. What I do know is that after Quava killed the officer, he immediately got on the phone with the undercover agent still wanting to do the drug deal, but he said he would need to ditch his truck and catch a ride with him. But while on the phone with that agent, he noticed that every exit ramp was closed off by officers. Around then is when the pursuit started up. Somewhere in the middle of all that, there was a breakdown in communication. I'm sure no one expected this to happen, but also that maybe further info could have been passed on. There are dozens of what-if type scenarios in this. What if Officer Jared would have waited for backup? What if the HSI agents would have just went directly there and provided the backup? What if, what if, what if? Could any of those what-ifs prevented the killing of Officer Jared? No one really knows. Officer Darian Jarrett was laid to rest at Shakespeare Cemetery in Lordsburg on Friday, February 12th. He was survived by his wife, his three children, and one that was on the way that will never be able to meet their dad. Officer Darian Jarrett made the ultimate sacrifice in his pursuit of fighting crime. Officer Darian Jarrett, end of watch, 2021.